With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Jeremiah live Bible study. We use the King James Version Bible. We ask the Father for the wisdom, the knowledge, and understanding in the name of Jesus. As we go through this book of Jeremiah, we're in chapter 51, we're going to be picking it up in verse 10, but before that, we have to go to the Psalms, so let's go to Psalms 150. Praise ye the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in the firmament of his power, praise him for his mighty acts, praise him according to his excellent greatness, Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with the stringed instrument and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord in Hebrew, that last part says, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. And that's a great little psalm for you to remember, to praise God. He is in control. He is watching over everything. And praise him. You know, It's sad in Christianity today that most Christians don't even know God. You see, Satan has them putting Jesus in God's place. And so instead of talking to God, instead of knowing that God is God and Jesus is the Son of God, Jesus is lower than God is. He sitted at the right hand of God. He was created first by God. You understand that Jesus is not God. And so it's sad, and Satan laughs at Christians when they don't talk to God, don't praise God, don't thank God, don't tell God they love him. Oh, they'll say it to Jesus, but they don't say it to God. It's sad. And of course, God knows that the Christians have been deceived. Jeremiah chapter 51, verse 10. The Lord, which is Yahweh, God, not Jesus, hath brought forth our righteousness. Come and let us declare in Zion the work of 
the Lord our God. Yahweh our God. That's actually what it says in the Hebrew. Yahweh our God. That's why Alleluia is Yahweh, you see. It's short for Yahweh, Yah. And that's why it's Alleluia, okay. It's not Jah, like people say Jehovah. <laughs> that isn't God's name. Anyway. Eleven, make bright the arrows, gather the shields, the Lord hath raised up the spirit of the kings of the Medes for his device, meaning his plan, is against Babylon. We're going to find out more about Babylon's destruction. To destroy it because it is the vengeance of the Lord, the vengeance of his temple. Yes, God did do, use Babylon to punish Israel. Sure did, because they had turned against him. Same thing goes for Christians. God is going to use and does use Satan and his system on this earth to deceive Christians. Absolutely. And why? Because they've turned away from what God wants them to do. What does God want them to do? To follow what Jesus did. Jesus was sent to earth by God so that we would know what God expects of us, what God wants us to do. And so, yes, God allows Satan to deceive Christians, to teach things that are wrong, to spiritually kill Christians, to take into captivity Christians into their nonsense churches, that's right. That's all Satan. God's allowing it to happen. Why? Because the Christians have turned against God. They don't even know who they're supposed to pray to. They don't know the difference between the Father and the Son. They are not the same. Let's go to verse 12. Set up the standard upon the walls of Babylon. Make the watch strong. Set up the watchmen. Prepare the ambushes. So, guess what? They're going to try to fight. It isn't going to do them any good. For the Lord hath both devised and done that which he spake against the inhabitants of Babylon. Yes, and Christians... If you're taking part in Satan's churches that you find everywhere that call themselves Christians, if you're taking part of those churches, guess what? You're part of Babylon, and you're an enemy of God. And of course, when Jesus comes to earth to set up the kingdom of heaven on earth, and is set up as king of kings and lord of lords over the earth for the thousand years, guess what? You're going to be rejected. O thou that dwellest upon many waters, abundant in treasures, thine end is come in the measures of thy covetousness. Yes. Satan's system wants Christians wants them to be deceived, and Satan has a lot of stuff to give them, 
He sure does. You ever see those prosperity nonsense messages on the TV? Satan has slain in the spirit messages on the TV. All this is nonsense. It has nothing to do with Christianity. Find it in the New Testament. Israel was connected to the flesh world. So their blessings were flesh blessings. The church is connected to the kingdom of heaven. Adopted into the kingdom of heaven, becoming sons of God, so their blessings are spiritual, nothing to do with the flesh. You find slain in the spirit in the New Testament. You find it anywhere. There's no such thing because it's a man-made Satan doctrine that you people accept. Thank God, not all of you. Some of you know that that is a device of Satan. And Satan has covetousness. Yeah, he, he wants the souls of Christians to turn against God, stop following Jesus, and worship him. Absolutely. The Lord of hosts has sworn by himself, saying, surely... I will fill thee with men as with caterpillars, and they shall lift up a shout against thee. He hath made the earth by his power. He hath established the world by his wisdom and hath stretched out the heavens by his understanding. That is such an amazing verse. Can you understand? He hath made the earth by his power. That means it was nothing and he created it as we see it. He had established the world by his wisdom. He put in place the things that needed to be and he hath stretched out the heavens by his understanding. The heaven, of course, is the universe. It's just amazing, you know. I love looking at the constellations because, you know, they're mentioned in the Bible. Orion is mentioned. It's amazing to me. You know, we still call it Orion, and it's in the Bible. Orion is mentioned. Pleiades. I never knew what Pleiades was, and I've heard it a couple of times in the Bible. But I never knew what it was. And so I went on the Internet, and I found out um, that Pleiades is a little um, group of um, seven sisters, it's called, seven stars. And they're all clustered together. And I call it kind of an arrow. It's a little, I call it the little arrow. And I just see it up in the sky. And I didn't know that that was Pleiades. And, of course, Orion is, and everybody's familiar with Orion's belt. But an interesting thing, when I started to look at it um, just recently, I looked at the, uh, the pictures that they have having to do with Orion and um, and one of the pictures they have 
is Orion is an Acha, and it's talking about Orion is on the side of God, and the Orion is God's angel, and um, and the uh, constellation which is connected to Taurus is next to Orion, and it and uh, and they have it drawn out, and it looks like a dragon, <laughs> and, so, and so in the mythology. You have Orion the Archer uh, shooting his arrow to kill the dragon, the Nephilim. It's an interesting thing. Um, But that's God's understanding. It says uh, in verse 15, and hath stretched out the heaven by his understanding. It's amazing. All you have to do is look up there and see. And, of course, these crazy scientists say that, oh, those stars are just together and they stay there together uh, because they're so far away and, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you look at our our solar system, all the planets moving all the time. They don't stay together. It doesn't form anything. because <laughs> it's No, God put those constellations up there and they stay together because he has them staying together. The astronomer is saying that, oh, the constellations will will disperse. Yeah. (laughs) They haven't dispersed since the Bible was written and Orion was mentioned. It still looks the same today as it did thousands of years ago. Amazing, isn't it? When he uttereth his voice, there is a multitude of waters in the heavens, and he causeth the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. He maketh lightning with rain and bringeth forth the wind out of his treasures. So Jeremiah is going into telling us about the power of God and what he does not only for the universe, for the heaven that we see, but for the earth, he takes care of it, he provides for it, he brings the rain, it needs rain, and lightning, of course, brings um, the nitrogen that's necessary for plants to grow and, and, and be you know, healthy that they are. They need the nitrogen and lightning. That's why in the south, they have all these lightning and thunderstorms and their plants and their um, crops grow so tremendously because of the natural nitrogen that comes from the lightning and the rain and the thunder um, that is, uh, you know, in the storms. And it's just amazing. The um, the winds um, brings forth the wind out of his treasure. Now, if you look at the jet stream, you see what the jet stream does is it brings the systems, you know, the clouds will form and the systems will form and things will go on, and they ride the jet stream. Sure enough, it's how the, the, the um, storms and everything in this earth moves its the jet stream is the wind, and it moves 
the clouds around and brings them and forms the storms and brings them together in places where the storms will come up. You see, that's having to do with God. It all has to do with God. It's amazing. And then it goes on and explains how dumb we humans really are. We think we know something. (laughs) We know a little bit about this. You know, jet streams and the constellations and, you know, the stuff that we know. (laughs) We know nothing. Every man is brutish by his knowledge. You better believe it. You think you know, but you don't know. God knows. He knows every intricate detail that is necessary for every single thing that goes on on this earth. Can you just imagine it? I just It's beyond our comprehension, but he knows about all of it, and we don't, not at all. Every founder is confounded by the graven image for his molten image is falsehood, and there is no breath in them. So what man does is man tries to make his own gods by things that he can see in the flesh world, as in statues and all this stuff. You know, man wants a tangible god, a god he can see, not like Yahweh, who is there, and you can see and feel him to know that he's there. You don't have to see him with your physical eye to know that he's there. But humans, they like, they like to see their gods. They are vanity in the work of errors. In the time of their visitation, they shall perish. So yes, all this nonsense that, you know, uh, Christians say, oh, we don't do idol worship. Oh, yes, you do. You actually have an idol called Jesus. That's right. Anything you put before God is an idol, and it's against the commandments of God. So if you put Jesus in the place of God instead of putting him in his place that he that he belongs and that's as the son of God, as the lamb of God, as a tool God used to do his work on this earth, he's not God. He's a tool God created and used for the purpose of his plan. And so if you worship and put this Jesus as a God or as the God instead of God himself, then guess what? That's idolatry. Absolutely. And then what do you do? And, you know, you have these crosses that people have, they put their little necklaces on, and um, and then you have the ones that, you know, their churches are their idols, you know, everything has to be perfect in the church, and let's put all the money in the church and make this big, huge, giant building. This is what God wants us to do. Make a big, giant building so people can come here. 
The Bible doesn't tell you to do that, not at all. In fact, Jesus didn't say any such thing, and the apostles didn't say any such thing, nor did they do any such thing, and neither did Paul. Nowhere will you find that it says that we're to build churches. Sorry. It's idolatry. You're supposed to be doing things like Jesus did, house to house, going around, doing it like Jesus did, like the apostles did, like Paul did. And you could come up with all of this idolatry that Christians are involved in. But guess what? When Jesus returns, all your nonsense is going to be done away with. 19. The portion of Jacob is not like them, for he is the former of all things, and Israel is the rod of his inheritance. The Lord of hosts is his name. Thou art my battle axe and weapons of war, for with thee will I break in pieces the nations, and with thee will I destroy kingdoms, and with thee will I break in pieces the horses and his rider, and with thee will I break in pieces the chariot and his rider, and with thee also will I break in pieces man and woman, and with thee will I break in pieces old and young, and With thee will I break in pieces the young man and the maid. I will also break in pieces with thee the shepherd and his flock. And with thee will I break in pieces the husbandman and his yoke of oxen. And with thee will I break in pieces captains and rulers. You see, God is saying here through Jeremiah that when Jesus arrives on earth, he's going to destroy all of this stuff, all flesh stuff, that we know will be done away with, destroyed, gone. It won't be here. So all your church buildings that you spent all your money fixing up, God's money, by the way, you tithe and say this is God's money and you put it into a church and you build a building and when Jesus returns, what's going to happen to that building? It's going to be destroyed. Gone. Not be anymore. It's useless and everything else that is connected to the Babylonian system, including the shepherd and his flock. That's right. All you pastors out there and preachers and teachers and leaders and elders and deacons and reverends and priests and all of you that have flocks of people that you watch over and take care of, You're going to lose your position. You're going to, if you're lucky, be a part of the kingdom of heaven, but more than likely you will be cast out of the kingdom and be put on the side with the goats. 24, and I will render unto Babylon and to all the inhabitants of the Chaldea all their evil that they have done in Zion in your sight, saith the Lord. That's right. It's all going to be destroyed. Jesus is going to take care of it all. Behold, I am against the old destroying mountain. So this is an interesting thing. If you want to know, sometimes, you know, uh, God uses um, earthly things for um, 
as a, an example as something that is on earth. And a mountain is very powerful and it's, you know, huge and everybody has to look up to the mountain to see the mountain is way up there, you see. And so in this case, God is using the, the term mountain as the power, Satan's power, Babylon, you see. So behold, I am against the old destroying mountain, that's the nation of Babylon, saith the Lord, which destroyeth all the earth. Babylon, Satan's system, is definitely going to destroy all the earth, spiritually kill. There isn't going to be a place on earth that Satan's system isn't going to have access to. You can't hide from Satan. You're not going to be able to hide from what he does on earth and what his um, followers do on earth. And I will stretch out mine hand upon thee and roll thee down from the rocks and will make thee a burnt mountain. Yes, Satan will be and his system will be destroyed. The beast, the false prophet... And Satan, let's go to that place and go to Revelation 20 first, and you'll see Satan's going to be cast down. We'll see that first. And verse 1, And I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and great chain in his hand, and he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till a thousand years should be fulfilled. So you understand Satan's cast down, as it's talking about. Now, I want you to go back here and I want you to go to... Revelation chapter 17. Revelation chapter 17. Verse 5. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. And the angels said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and the beast that carried her, which hath the seven heads and ten horns. The beast that thou sawest was and is not and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when they beheld the beast that was and is not and yet is. You understand? The beast system will come. Let's go to 14. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them. For he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. So you understand, Jesus, they're going to try to fight against Jesus when he 
arrives on earth to set up God's kingdom. But it isn't going to do them any good because, of course, God allows, you know, this stuff for only a certain amount of time. The destruction of Babylon. Let's go back and pick it up in verse 26. And they shall not take of thee a stone for a corner, nor a stone for foundation, but thou shalt be desolate forever, saith the Lord. So nothing that Satan's system has on this earth is going to be allowed to be a part of the millennial system the kingdom of heaven that is on earth, that Jesus is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. All gone, not not one little piece of it. Set ye up a standard in the land, blow the trumpet among the nations, prepare the nations against her, call together against her kingdoms of Ararat, many and Ashkenaz, appoint a captain against her, cause the horses to come up as a rough caterpillar, Prepare against her the nations with the kings of the Medes, the captains thereof, and all the rulers thereof, and all the land of his dominion, and the land shall tremble and sorrow for every purpose of the Lord, shall be performed against Babylon to make the land of Babylon a desolation without an inhabitant. See, when God decides that's it, it's finished, he sends Jesus, Michael, and his army of angels, the saints, and Satan and his system is exposed. And guess what? They have no hope of anything. The mighty men of Babylon have forborne to fight. They have remained in their holes. Their might has failed. They become as women. They have burned her dwelling places, her bars are broken. You understand that who is Satan's mighty men? It's his fallen angels and his his army of angels. There's two groups of angels, by the way. Some don't understand that. One is the fallen angels, those that came to earth, decided to come to earth and and, and live on earth with the humans. And then the other group, which is the ones that went with Satan against God and rebelled against God. And that's Satan's army. And so that's the Satan's system's power is supernatural. And they're going to be terrified. They know they've had it. They know God is allowing them to do what they do right now and God doesn't bother them. They have free reign to do pretty much what they want to do. But when God decides, that's it. See, they know, and there's no hope. One post shall run to meet another, and one messenger meet another to show the king of Babylon that his city is taken at one end, and that the passages are stopped, and the reeds they have burned with fire, and the men were affrighted. Forget it. They'll know. Why? Because all the earth 
in all the universe that you see out there, when Jesus arrived, it all disappears. Whew, gone in the twinkling of an eye. And you're going to see this earth and heaven of heavens where God abodes. You're going to be able to see that. And you're not going to be in flesh bodies. No one is. Not the animals, not anything. And the earth is going to be as it was before. And so everything is going to be shown. You'll be able to see everything. And that's what it's talking about. They've, they've lost. Heaven is now a part of earth. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, the daughter of Babylon is like a threshing floor. It is time to thresh her, yet a little while, and the time of her harvest shall come. And that completes this study. We'll pick it up next time in verse 34. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.